Welcome to the Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Priority Now is hosted by Carmen Halsey of the Illinois Baptist State Association. Ladies, this is Carmen, and we welcome you to this week's Priority Now podcast. Today, we're continuing our topic of hospitality, and we have Miss Nelda Smothers with us. Good afternoon, Nelda. I started to say morning. <laughs> Good afternoon, Carmen. I am glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here, friend. Nelda, we've been talking about this, this topic of hospitality and truly focusing on the spiritual gift of hospitality and that it's a gift that God gives us to manifest himself through us. But it's not just cooking. It's basically the gift of making somebody, especially a stranger, feel at home and welcome and special and equal, and then building that relationship for the purpose of sharing the gospel. And that's why I ask you if you would join us today, because I see you do that with every aspect of your life. And so I want to I want to go there in today's conversation and let you speak into the to the women across our state. But will you just take a minute to tell us a little bit about you? Because a lot of people don't know Nelda, and I want them to know Nelda. Well, Carmen, um, I married when I was a big twenty year old, and uh, was happily married. My husband and I had two daughters, and we were nearing the end of our career because we were both teachers. <laughs> Then surprisingly, and to us, uh, my husband's heart condition flared up one afternoon. We were out at a restaurant and had not even stopped the car. And uh, he went into cardiac arrest and we had help there on the ground and uh, on the ambulance. But uh, when they got to the hospital and everything, he was without oxygen too long and was brain dead. Mm. So he had 10 days there in that condition at the hospital. And one doctor who was a substitute came in one afternoon and he said, well, you got to decide where you're gonna take your husband. Well, that took me by surprise. I hadn't thought about going anywhere with a brain dead husband. Mm -hmm. And I went to the end of the hall there at Baptist Hospital and I know the Lord met me there. Mm -hmm. And I just had to say to him, "I I don't know what to do or how to do. It's up to you, God. And With that, I had a peace that he was going to help me. And the Lord bless, my husband was taken from here. We never did leave that hospital room until the Mm -hmm. Lord took him. I was just uh, thinking I'd stay at the grade school and teach Mm -hmm. and that uh, I had a ministry there, children that were from low income and lack of spiritual training. And that was in November, but in uh, January, the Illinois Baptist carried an article that 50 teachers were needed to go to mainland China that summer, and it just gripped my heart, well, you could do that. And so I applied and uh, was accepted and had that opportunity, and I still went back to school that fall and finished out my uh, tenure of time thinking uh, that uh, I would come back the next fall and, and, and teach. But um, I got a note from a student that I had taught during the summer that said, I now have Jesus in my heart. And I kept that note in my pocket. And it just rang with me that a lot of people will go to the grade school, but not many will go around the world. And I wanted to go around the world. Mm-hmm. So um, I went ahead and, and, uh, made that decision that, Lord, I'll trust your cows, not my retirement. And I uh, thought that I would uh, maybe go 
to China again sometime. So after Christmas that first year, I called the IMB and I thought that they'd need me to go teach English somewhere again. And they immediately told me, well, they needed teachers, two teachers right away in Thailand in two weeks. Well, I had never thought about going to Thailand. And I, uh, so I asked a lady from Texas who had taught with me in China and we met in Memphis and we went over and we taught for three months in Bangkok. And from that assignment in Bangkok, I came home and my pastor said to me, he said, you know, all these trips are real expensive and you're, you know, you're running out of money if, if you keep this up. I said, you need to figure up some way to get some sponsorship. So I applied to the IMB and I was accepted as ISC volunteer and went to the Ridgecrest training for, for volunteers, for missionaries. And uh, I thought still that I would go uh, maybe to China because that was, had, or, or Thailand again. Uh-huh. And the only assignment they had would be, they wanted me to go for a year to Burkina Faso. Well, that was difficult, but uh, I was blessed and that worked out real good. When I got there, one of the missionaries said, well, you've taught in China. I said, why don't you come to the uh, student center and teach conversational English to the students? And that really made my heart sing because I mm. was a teacher and I was a guest house administrator helping our missionaries, but I got to do both. I came home from that and did other things. And then they sent me an invitation to come back again. And so God just made invitation after invitation. And uh, I had no agenda, but it was all because that summer that my husband had passed away that winter and the next spring and summer, I was at Ridgecrest at missions week. It was altar time. And I went down front and I said, "Um, I'll go where you want me to go. Mm. And I'll be what you want me to be. And so um, I have been blessed that God has been more than able to provide places for me to go, opportunities, and I've been around the world on all the continents except Antarctica. And I guess they need me there, but I ain't got to go yet. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Leadership to Antarctica, you contact us for Nelda today. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That was in 1989. And I went first on that trip in 1990. And so that marks up about 30 years mm. that I've had the most wonderful adventures and God has uh, filled my life and is still filling my life. Mm -hmm. Even as I'm home, uh, I've been able to go on lots of things with our state and with national WMU. I got started going to work as a volunteer in the Olympics in the summer and went to five Olympics, went to uh, Atlanta, um, Sydney, Athens, Beijing, London, Mm-hmm. And uh, always as a volunteer missionary, just being able to be myself and, and do what God placed in my path, that opportunity for me to do. Mm-hmm. And just recently, he's shown himself so real and given me another opportunity. I had been doing disaster relief chaplain for a mm-hmm. long time. And uh, I turned 85 my last birthday and my girls kind of frown a little bit about me wanting to be gone somewhere all the time, but they never tell me not to go. 
<laughs> but the blessing is that Operation Christmas Child has asked me to be a, a prayer warrior and to be on the prayer team. And I told my girls, I said, well, God is still letting me do international missions. Praise God. Absolutely. Praise God. Praise God. Nelda, that's, that's the story that I wanted the women to hear. And that's what I want to um, dive into a little bit. How old were your daughters when you first went to Ch China was your first assignment, right? When you saw the call for right. teachers in China, how old were your daughters? They were young adults. Savan, my oldest daughter, had given uh, birth to our first grandchild and the grandchild was uh, nearing a year old when I went on mm -hmm. the first trip. Mm -hmm. And the other daughter was in her uh, marriage. She had just married in uh, August when her dad died in November. So they were young adults. Mm. And, and you know, uh, Carmen, it was a, a letting go for my children as well as it was for me. When I was going to go to China that first time, of course, you know, China, the year after mm -hmm. Tiananmen Square, and Mama's going to go. Mm -hmm. So all of them, the son-in-laws, the grandbaby, everybody, they were at the airport in St. Louis to mm -hmm. see me off. Mm -hmm. And I was holding the baby who was a year old. And uh, of course, babies love their grandmother. And when I tried to put her back in her mother's arms, she wanted to cry and stay with me. And when I looked up at her mother's, there, both of my girls were crying. Mm -hmm. And I by myself am always one of these would be the first one to cry and I look over at my son-in-laws for strength and big tears in both of their eyes <laughs> but I knew that there was just one thing to do that I was to go that God had called me to go and so I put that baby back in their arms and I never looked back at them I walked straight to the gate mm. God has uh, used his allowing me to go to help my girls to value and to go themselves and grands and we're all have been on mission overseas and stateside and just this morning we finished uh, one of the grands with her nine shoe boxes that she's packed so it, it was more than my going it was god setting a pattern for my family to go that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Now that that's exactly, that's exactly the point of why that, that why I ask you to come because sometimes we look at this gift of hospitality and um, well, let, let me back up. Sometimes we try to segment things like I'm either in this camp or this camp or this camp. I'm either a missionary or I'm the Sunday school leader. And to me, we, we, we can't divide out our lives. We have to live our lives holistically and we have to live them intentionally. And to me, that's what it means to be on mission. And so because I know a little bit of your story and I know your mission's heart and in Illinois Baptist women, if you're listening to me, I say this is a compliment, but my friend Nelda would have been one of the ones on me quick as I come on on a new leader here in Illinois. And Nelda, I'm not, I'm, I'm speaking truth, right? Because she didn't know me and she was checking me out. I was coming in to represent Illinois, you know, who we were here in Illinois, and she was going to hold me accountable. And I consider you a friend and a sister. Um, but I mean, that's who you are. There's that, you know, there's that credibility, you know, because you take this serious and, and it's not about being this woman or this woman. It's about, are we taking serious the roles and the opportunities and the, the influence that God has given us? 
because you've walked a few steps ahead of me. You've walked a few steps of other women. We'll answer to that. We will stand before God and give an answer to how we stewarded these gifts. So I say that as a compliment because to me, that's, that's Titus too. That's what we should be doing, you know, in, in each other's lives. But because of you living your life holistically, you were the school teacher. Nelda, was that in the public school before your, you and your husband? Yes, it was public school. Okay. Uh, in a school district where we had um, a high percentage of poverty and single parents in, uh, in the country. Okay, okay. And Nelda, with your permission, can I ask how old you were when I was trying to do the math? Were you mid-50s when your husband passed away? Yes, I was 54. So 54. And then, I mean, it was like a radical change that got, so at a time that, um, at a time that, you know, loss would have been hitting your life, brokenness, suffering fresh, you know, we're not talking a broken marriage. We're talking a solid marriage serving together at a time that something unexpectedly hit your life, that some people are out of the game. You were working quickly through grief and processing that but um, as Elizabeth Elliot would say, you brought that back to God as an offering and said, Romans 12, 1, here I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the altar. And that was a radical shift um, because how many other women in your area, Nelda, or that you would have been able to call by name would have been serving or even served overseas at that time, even on a short-term trip? Well, back in those days, I think that if we'd have had 10,000 volunteers, I think that's about the number at that length of time. It was not common, and especially not common for you to pack up and go by yourself. No one's in a group. You're, you're, go you're going to fly by yourself. Mm -hmm. Carmen, I tell you, the Lord so many times impressed on me that he wanted me to go share his word, not because of me, but because he had given open doors and, and I could walk through those doors because he had work he wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, one time I was in China teaching. I had a young lady in my class that had a request for a visa, and she wanted to go to an English-speaking nation in order to uh, get proficiency in English. And uh, then she wanted to uh, do graduate studies. And she was in my class in China. And I knew this about her. And we had not been, it, it was six week summer terms that we were teaching. And uh, so I've been there a few weeks when all of a sudden she tells me, I'm going to Australia. And after she left, the Lord just impacted on me. You know, Nelda, she's telling people in Australia what Christians are like because she's met you. So mm. humbly, the opportunities that he gave and so far flung around the world, way far beyond me. And yet I had an opportunity to be a part of that because um, I could become her friend. She had us at her apartment and we were twisting that dough, that jowza and making those. And I slung one across the room and, <laughs> and yet still, uh, they still accepted me, but uh, I was still able to uh, share God's word. And the Chinese students, they know their government says that their government is their God, but mm -hmm. they know they've had Christian teachers before. And uh, they would come up to you and they say, are you a Christian? And uh, some would want to go to church with us. We were not allowed to take them to church with us. But I, but I told this many, I said, this is where we'll be on Sunday. And many students on their own mm -hmm. came to the 3 Church 
because of the fact that we had uh, been uh, building friendships with them and they were our friends mm -hmm. and they wanted to know what it was in us that made us want to come because they knew we got nothing for it. They knew we paid our own way and they knew that it wasn't easy. Mm. That, that does, that carries a lot of credibility, especially overseas in like what you said, more closed impoverished areas um, that you would sacrifice your time and resources to come there. Cause I can't imagine why anybody would want to come there. So that that's huge. That's huge. You know, now that the public schools is a mission field in itself and, you know, even more so, you know, even more so today, but I, but I want to go back to something you said um, because our audience that's listening, it goes back to this gift of hospitality. It, it, it's expressed in different ways through each one of us and through our lives. And, and definitely it's, it's, you know, some people are more gifted in this area than others, but I like what you said. Um, and I think it's, it, when I say you did such a radical shift, you know, such a radical move there, God, God, this gift of hospitality, it's about how can God use what he's put in you, your education, your experiences, your skills, your brokenness, right? Your, your, your own heartache, your own life flipped upside down to jumpstart something that he's wanting to do through you. If like you said, Nelda, if we can keep, keep our perspective, um, I'm leading a cohort right now. And, and I was looking at my note um, because I literally put a, a post out on our Facebook group this morning to the ladies in the, in the post and you're the school teacher and I'm going to look or I'll misspeak the word. And then you'll have to correct me, Nelda panoptic panoptic if I'm saying that right. So it's a panoptic view, meaning that we're able to see a whole view, an entire view, not just what's in front of us. And with as believers, you just demonstrated that as believers, it doesn't matter the circumstance, what's in front of us, if we can lift our head up and keep our eyes on Jesus and realize it's not out of control. Everything has a purpose. Paul's chains had a purpose. You know, it wasn't poor you, right? Lose the husband, not poor you. What are you going to do the rest of your life? It was you showing up saying, God, I'm broken and I'm hurting, but I'm trusting you in this. You said you went to the end of the hallway and, you know, he met you there. And early on, you even said, um, I, I didn't have to move my husband. You, you acknowledge that as a, a grace, you know, a grace step. And so you had that panoptic view, like, God, you're in this, and I'm expecting you to do something about it. So it shifted your perspective, which meant every step that come after that, you, there was almost an excitement, like you were in a posture of expecting God to show up and do something God-sized, in your words, humbled to be part of it, you know, humbled to be that, to be that vessel. Now, what would you tell the woman that's listening? Any woman that's listening, what would be, how would you speak into that? Maybe there's the woman that's at that crossroad. She's just sitting there with the brokenness thinking, I don't even know how I can take the next step forward, let alone do something like what you did. Or what about the young girl that, that wants to go? She's got the heart for the world. She wants to go, but she's got all the little babies around her right now. Or, you know, the young woman, and I'm thinking of people in my mind as I'm saying these examples, you know, that I could call by name here in Illinois, or the young woman that hasn't started a family yet, she's not married, and she so wants to go and serve, but the world shut down. So her pathway to go has sort of been stopped. What would you tell that woman? Well, you know, we really won't be a missionary abroad unless we're a missionary at home. And so it starts with where we are, where we live. So if we see people, well, like, for example, next week i'm going to go to an assisted living and i have permission to come and do chair exercises with the elderly 
And I'm expecting that I'll be able to use scripture about when I'm old and gray, leaving that legacy of you. And I'm expecting to be able to encourage them. And I have the permission of the uh, manager. And uh, I don't know how well this will go. But I think it. I would tell them, look where you live. Look on your street. Look in your neighborhood. And see someone that needs uh, a favor someone that has never befriended you maybe, and maybe they don't even know your name, but maybe you can pick up the trash in their yard or whatever, something simple. But this is my new thing, and it'll be my first trip Wednesday when I go and we do chair exercises. And I would tell that young mother that um, there's so many things online for you to feed your soul on, and so many ways that you can draw those kids around you and and uh, read stories about little children that are different. And uh, just now for Halloween, I have a 12-month-old granddaughter, great-granddaughter. And I told her mother, I said, she is going to get some animals for uh, her gift for Halloween. And I said, do you want her to get uh, little rabbits or chickens? <laughs> and so, so she picked a dozen little chickens. And so uh, that order has gone out to uh, send relief for chickens for her. And uh, I've asked them to send the, her a little note. And so I'm hoping that she will learn to cherish when she hears about this, that she was a part of missions even before she wanted to be. I love that. Miss Nelda, I am loving this conversation and I don't want to stop. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you back next week also. So ladies across the state, join us next week on the Priority Now podcast also so that you can hear the continuation of this conversation. There are ladies like Miss Nelda out there that have gleaned so much and have so much life experience and such a heart for God. And they have so much to offer us. Let's make sure that we can soak it up while we can. So if you're not already connected to us, get connected. You can follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. If you're one on Instagram, we're at, at Illinois Baptist Women or check us out on our website at ibsa.org backslash women. And ladies, I'll see you here next Friday on the Priority Now podcast. Thank you for listening to the Priority Now podcast. Please continue to join us on the journey to know Christ and make him known.